Hey, Fidelity, can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then? When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Good Tuesday morning. Donald Trump now just hours from being formally arrested and arraigned. All eyes centered on a New York City courtroom. It's April 4th. This is today. Unprecedented. The former president at first to face criminal charges set to appear before a judge. The indictment against him expected to be unsealed, revealing the first details of the case. Security tied around the courthouse and Trump Tower as officials warned protesters to remain peaceful. Control yourselves. New York City is our home, not a playground for your misplaced anger. Complete live coverage straight ahead. Round two this morning, tens of millions from Texas to Michigan on alert for even more severe storms. Some of the very same areas slammed by devastating tornadoes over the weekend. Al's got everything we need to know. Spy games, exclusive new details on that Chinese balloon that traveled across the United States earlier this year. It had a propeller, it had a rudder, it had the ability to speed up, slow down. The intelligence it gathered from sensitive military bases and sent back to Beijing before it was shot down. And what officials in China are saying about it overnight. Breaking overnight, a fugitive and one-time top aide to Maryland's governor on the run for nearly three weeks has died after a confrontation with FBI agents in Tennessee. We'll have the very latest. Those stories plus making space. Ladies and gentlemen, your Artemis II crew. Inside NASA's big reveal of the crew for its first manned flight to the moon in half a century. This is an amazing time for humanity. Our sit down with the four astronauts just named to the historic mission. And national champions, UConn holds off San Diego State, completing an impressive run through one of the wildest tournaments ever. And one of the team's stars is getting ready to celebrate with us live today, Tuesday, April 4th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. Welcome to today. It's a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us. Can you hear them in Connecticut? Oh. <laughs> they're, they're cheering. It was a, kind of a blowout. I right? mean, it really was. Yeah. UConn just rolled through yeah. this whole tournament. I mean, the story of the tournament is all these close buzzer beaters, but UConn yeah. never had any of those. Yeah. Always winning by double digits. Wow. So we'll uh, talk to members of the team in just a few mm-hmm. moments. But must start this morning with today's arraignment of former President Trump and a look at how this day is expected to play out. All right. So here's what we're looking at right now. A live shot of Trump Tower just a few blocks away where he spent the night. And later 
later on this morning, Trump will head about four miles downtown to the Manhattan Criminal Courthouse under a police escort and heavy Secret Service presence. Mr. Trump will be met there by a member of the district attorney's office and informed he is under arrest pursuant to the indictment. This is an indictment that remains sealed at this hour. But NBC News is now reporting that Trump is facing roughly 30 counts related to document fraud. He will then be processed under standard procedure that includes fingerprinting. It's still unknown at this hour if there will be a mugshot taken. From there, he heads to the courtroom on the 15th floor, where at 2.15 this afternoon, the arraignment is set to begin. Could last between 15 and 30 minutes. A judge ruled late yesterday cameras will not be allowed in court for that proceeding. And after all that, the former president will leave New York. He'll go back to his home in Florida, where he is scheduled to give a post-arraignment speech later tonight. We've got it all covered for you this morning, from the legal and political fallout to the security and the protest concerns. We are going to start with NBC's Garrett Hake, who's just outside the courthouse this morning. Hey, Garrett, good morning. Hoda, good morning. The moment Donald Trump walks through the courthouse doors behind me this morning, he will make history. The first ever current or former president to face criminal charges, all while he is running for the White House for a third time. And while his legal fate may end up in the hands of a New York jury, his political future is in the hands of Republican voters, and they have shown no signs of abandoning him. Today at this New York City courthouse, a turning point in American history. In a matter of hours, former President Donald Trump is expected to surrender to authorities who will place him under arrest and process him before the 45th president enters a courtroom to face New York State Judge Juan Mershon. Mr. Trump's attorneys say he will plead not guilty to the charges against him, facing some 30 document fraud-related counts, according to two sources familiar with the indictment, set to be unsealed today. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's investigation has centered around 2016 hush money payments made by former Trump fixer Michael Cohen to adult film actress Stormy Daniels to buy her silence about an alleged affair with Mr. Trump, which he denies. Cohen, the prosecution's star witness, calls attacks on his credibility irrelevant. I'm not asking people to believe what I'm saying. Look at the evidence. Look at the documents that will be presented. The former president left Palm Beach Monday, returning to New York, his plane landing at LaGuardia Airport, escorted by the NYPD and Secret Service to Trump Tower, where he waved to gathered supporters. With robust security around the courthouse, the New York mayor's message to potential protesters. Control yourselves. New York City is our home, not a playground for your misplaced anger. President Biden weighing in on the city's security, but not on the case's specifics. No, I have faith in the New York Police Department. On social media, Mr. Trump, without evidence, has lashed out at Judge Mershon as Trump-hating, while blasting the Democratic DA as corrupt and his case as election interference. Overnight, Judge Mershon ruling in Mr. Trump's favor, agreeing to keep television cameras out of today's hearing, as his lawyers requested, but allowing them to set up in a hallway outside the courtroom. A group of still photographers will be allowed to take photos in the courtroom before the proceedings begin. With his legal fate out of his control, Mr. Trump and his advisors are trying to use the indictment to boost his prospects for 2024. He's expected to return to Florida later today, delivering a defiant primetime address to supporters from his Mar-a-Lago estate. Since the indictment, the Trump campaign says it has raised more than $7 million. 
You're looking down the alley now between the DA's office and the courthouse, just part of the security footprint here downtown. You can see that alley where Mr. Trump is expected to arrive later today, completely closed off. Got a block and a half the other direction. Every square foot of sidewalk is taken up by reporters, some of them in a line to get into the courthouse, which stretches around the building behind it. What we don't see here this morning are protesters. None have arrived so far, but with a pro-Trump rally scheduled for later this morning, that is expected to change. Savannah. All right, Garrett. Hey, leading us off. Thank you. Joined now by NBC senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson and our senior legal correspondent Laura Jarrett. Ladies, good morning. It will be history today for Donald Trump. We are still waiting for this indictment, yes, Laura. And until we see these charges, the nature of the charges, the legal theory, Honestly, no one knows anything. Can we agree on that? Yes, absolutely. We do know that we think there are at least more than 30 counts, but we don't know the exact parameters of those counts. We believe it has to do all with this falsification of business records. Remember, the paying of the hush money is not what's illegal under state law. What we believe they're after is how that got documented on the books of the Trump organization, something you talked about at length with Joe Takapina, the president's lawyers. We need to understand their theory for how you elevate what is normally a misdemeanor to a felony. That part we just don't know yet. So that's that's one way. And when I talk about the legal theory, that's what we're talking about. How do you convert a business records misdemeanor to a, a, a more serious crime? There's also the question of whether this surrounds only this issue of so-called hush money with Stormy Daniels or if there's any other conduct involved that may be revealed in, in an indictment. Right. We know that the grand jury has heard testimony about another payment to another woman. Uh, Michael Cohen didn't actually make that payment. That came from the National Enquirer. But we don't don't know yet. Is that going to just be there to show a course of conduct or is it an actual charge? Again, we have to see the actual papers. Well, don't tell that to the people that have well, the Republicans. I'm smiling, but it's true. It's like everyone's weighing in as though we know the strength of this case. We don't yet know the strength of this case for good, good, bad or indifferent. And what's so interesting to me is when I talk with these Republicans, so many of them give um, cover support to Donald Trump, even though that detail is still TBD. But as one top Republican operative put it to me recently, yesterday, actually, short term gain for Donald Trump. That is what we're seeing in the polling numbers. That's what we're seeing as he goes out there and talks about being, in his view, politically persecuted long-term pain. And by that, I mean this. This is helping him clearly with this base. Look at the optics today, Savannah. We're going to see him go down, as you laid out, we're going to see him go down lower Manhattan. We're going to see him get, you know, appear in court at least briefly in the hallway, even if only for a couple of seconds. This is unprecedented, and he will use that to motivate his base. But you know what? He needs more than his base to succeed in a general election. So far, nobody has come after him on this, but I say give it six months, and let's see if his Republican rivals in this primary continue to give him that cover. Well, Lindsey Graham, who is a Trump ally, yeah. said this all but seals the nomination for him. No, his Republican rivals, people who are in the race against Ron DeSantis, him, Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, yes. they have not laid a glove on this issue. Asa Hutchinson, who got in the race, yeah. did actually say he thinks that Donald Trump should drop out based on the indictment. That separates him from most of the Republican field. It does, but Asa Hutchinson is not seen as somebody who is a front runner for the Republican nomination at this moment, right? You know what Lindsey Graham also said? That this unites the GOP in a way that he did not expect this year year because of so many people coming around Donald Trump on this issue. Let's see about the other investigations against Donald Trump, if that changes the game. My sense from talking to Republicans is that it is not likely to. But I think the pressure of a campaign as we get closer and closer to Election Day, as the general election gets closer, too, because remember, Donald Trump would need to pick up people beyond his base to win. Let's see how that plays. My takeaway is there's a lot we don't know politically and legally, but today <laughs> we'll provide some answers. Thank you both. And of course, NBC News will bring you live coverage of today's arraignment on many of these stations and it will be streaming on NBC News now.
Let's get to another major story. A new round of severe weather on the way for many of the same areas that were already hard hit over the weekend. Al's been busy tracking the storms, letting us know what we can expect. Hey, Mr. Roker. Yeah, guys, we're really concerned about what's going to be happening over the next 48 hours. Right now, winter weather alerts for 7 million people, flood alerts for 3 million. We've got wind alerts for 26 million. And you can see on the satellite radar, we've already got snow firing up uh, throughout parts of the plains where we're going to be looking at blizzard conditions, heavier showers and thunderstorms moving across the Great Lakes. Today, heavy snow, blizzard conditions from the Dakotas into Minnesota. Severe storms will be developing later this afternoon and this evening. 42 million people at risk for strong tornadoes, intense damaging winds, golf ball-sized hail. These are the areas we're most concerned about, from Dubuque to Quincy, from St. Louis, West West Plains, Little Rock, down to Tyler, Texas. The greatest threat for these tornadoes, late afternoon into the evening, nocturnal tornadoes, twice as deadly. Tomorrow, these destructive storms move east. We've got winter weather still firing up. Severe weather risk will last throughout the entire day for this region. Buffalo, Detroit, Alpena, Chicago is right now in this area where we could see EF2 tornadoes or stronger. And this tornado threat will be from the morning through the evening. So we're going to be watching this. Champaign, Detroit, Toledo, Cleveland might even get added into this later on. Heavy rain. We're looking at... uh, hourly rates on Wednesday of up to two inches per hour could be flooding from Texas on into Louisiana and then blizzard-like conditions upwards of 30 inches of snow from northern Minnesota all the way into the Rockies. So again, we've got everything but the kitchen sink over the next 72 hours, guys, and we're going to continue to track it. All right, Al, thank you. In the meantime, we're learning more about the Chinese spy balloon that traveled across the United States. NBC News first to report new details on the intelligence it was able to gather and send back to Beijing. NBC's Janice Mackey-Ferrer is on the story for us. Janice, good morning. Savannah, good morning. It still isn't clear how much information China might have gathered, but U.S. officials tell NBC News that as the Chinese balloon flew over several U.S. military sites, it was collecting intelligence despite efforts to block it from doing so. This morning, new details about what that Chinese spy balloon was doing as it traveled over the U.S. in February. In exclusive reporting by NBC News, the airship China claims was just a weather balloon, was able to gather intelligence passing over sensitive U.S. military sites. According to two current and one former senior official, the balloon was being maneuvered from China, even steered in a figure-eight pattern at times, and collected electronic signals detected from U.S. bases and weapon systems. Today in Beijing, a spokesperson for China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs rejected U.S. claims of spying, repeating that it was a civilian balloon. What is also now known is that the balloon was able to send back intelligence to China in real time. As of right now, we're still doing an assessment of what exactly um, uh, the intel was that China was able to gather. National security officials said the U.S. did take measures to limit the balloon's ability to gather sensitive data from the time it took off from a launch site on China's Hainan Island until it was shot down on President Biden's orders. Obviously, this was an intelligence gathering platform, which is why we took action. Sources also say the balloon had a remote self-destruct mechanism, but it's unclear whether it failed or if China didn't use it. 
In the fallout over the spy balloon, U.S.-China relations have hit a new low. There are no talks on any issue here. And now adding to the tension, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy meeting tomorrow in California with Tsai Ing-wen, the president of Taiwan, a summit that officials here in Beijing have called a provocation that's likely to trigger Chinese military drills around Taiwan as a response. Savannah. Janice McEnfrayer in Beijing for us. Thank you, Janice. 7.15. Craig joins the table. Another story just breaking overnight, Craig. Yeah, Hoda Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well. A nationwide search for a fugitive and one-time top aide to the former governor of Maryland has ended in his death. NBC's Stephanie Gosk is here with the very latest on this one. Steph, good morning to you. Hey, Craig, good morning. Roy McGrath was on the run for three weeks after failing to show up to federal court in Baltimore. Overnight, federal agents found him in Tennessee, leading to a standoff involving gunfire and resulting in McGrath's death, which the FBI is now investigating. Overnight, the three-week manhunt for former Maryland Governor Larry Hogan's ex-chief of staff ended with a fatal exchange of gunfire. The FBI finally catching up with Roy McGrath in Knoxville, Tennessee. According to both FBI officials and McGrath's attorney, as agents moved in, a shot was fired. Agents fired back. The FBI says McGrath sustained injury and was transported to the hospital. In a statement, the attorney saying... The FBI has confirmed that Roy succumbed to the injuries inflicted earlier this evening. It is unclear if he died as a result of a self-inflicted wound or from an exchange of gunfire with the FBI. McGrath was facing federal charges including wire fraud and embezzlement related to alleged financial misdeeds as head of a Maryland state agency. On March 12th, the night before his trial, McGrath was supposed to have boarded a flight from Florida to Maryland but was never seen again, resulting in a warrant being issued for his arrest by the FBI, something that surprised his own attorney at the time. I know that these situations are very stressful. The uncertainty of going to trial can cause people to do things that we may not believe are appropriate. The 53-year-old had been on the run for 21 days before the FBI agents tracked him down to the parking lot at a Gold's Gym in Knoxville, resulting in that fatal encounter. Former Maryland Governor Larry Hogan released a statement overnight saying he and his wife are, quote, deeply saddened by this tragic situation, adding they are praying for Mr. McGrath's family and loved ones. Mm-hmm. All right. Stephanie Gosford. Steph, thanks. Uh, a plane carrying First Lady Jill Biden was forced to return to Denver yesterday after an aircraft issue during a flight to Michigan. The plane did land safely. Nobody was hurt. The First Lady was in Denver to highlight President Biden's economic policies. Her trip to Michigan has now been postponed until a later date. All right, 18 minutes mm-hmm. after the hour, just about what you got in the weather. Well, guys, we want to remind everybody, because we've got such severe weather that's happening at night, nighttime tornadoes are twice as deadly. So you want to make sure you're asleep, you can't see the tornadoes. Ways to have a warning wake you up for your iPhone or iPad. You go to settings, notifications, government alerts. That will give you when the National Weather Service issues a warning in your area. Same if you've got an Android, you go to settings, notifications, advanced settings, emergency alerts. Now, you can also download a Red Cross Tornado app. You download it from your app store. That will also. And if you know somebody in the warning area, call them or text them. Tell them to turn on their TV or to listen to their radios because that's some of the ways you can get them to make sure they are weather alert. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Uh, Coming up, the new kings of college basketball, UConn, 
taking the title after one of the wildest tournaments ever. And star Husky Jordan Hawkins up early celebrating with us live. Hey, Jordan. Or maybe he never went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> and then just ahead, a new era of space exploration. NASA revealing the astronauts for the first American moon mission in half a century. And Tom Costello will share his conversation with that very excited crew. But first, this is Today on NBC. Oh. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tuesday morning, 4th of April, 2023. Okay, they are fired. Yeah, they I are. work. Uh, can't wait to get out there and say hello. You know the weather's feeling a little bit warmer. Yeah. Great day in New York City. Look how so you, I like how you stretch it oh, out. Oh, we're stretching it out so yes. everybody gets a little FaceTime. Lots to get to in this half hour, starting with a pretty exciting end to March Madness overnight. Yeah, after a tournament filled with upsets and buzzer beaters, it was those Yukon Huskies who reigned supreme, capping off an impressive run with the school's fifth men's national championship. We're going to talk to one of the Husky stars, UConn sophomore Jordan Hawkins with us. Uh, we're going to ask you if you spoke to your uh, cousin Angel in a second, but boy, congratulations. What a night, what a game. Uh, just tell us how it sat with you last night after you guys took it home. Oh, man, it was a feeling I couldn't explain. Um, I mean, growing up, you always dream about playing the championship game, but winning it is a whole different thing. I still, it still hasn't hit me yet, but I'm, I, it's coming. It's coming to me, though, so, yeah. Jordan, I mean, you guys didn't just win. You guys dominated, not just last night, but throughout the tournament, winning each game by an average of 20 points. Last night, at one point, you yeah. guys didn't let San Diego State score for about 11 minutes. What was it about this this Huskies team that made it so special, so dominant? Oh, um, man, it's, I think it started with our defense. Our defense uh, leads the way. Uh, I mean, if teams can't score and we score at a high rate, that's where the blowouts start to come from. So I, it starts with our defense, and our offense matches as, as good our defense is. So it, it's really dominant. We have a really dominant team, and we proved it the whole tournament. What does it mean for UConn, which, of course, has a storied basketball uh, history, but was sort of in the wilderness for a few yeah. years. But now this team brings it home again for the fifth time. Yeah. I mean, it means everything. I mean, I remember me and Coach Hurley uh, sitting on a Zoom during COVID just saying how we can turn this program around with a national championship. And now to be doing it. It's it's amazing, and I love I love this team. I love Coach Hurley to death. It was it was truly an amazing moment to do this with him. 
Yeah, at the end of the game, I heard Co- Coach Hurley say, I'm like my fans. We're animals. I just love this whole vibe. You know something else so cool about you we just mentioned earlier was that your cousin, Angel Reese, who got who made tons of headlines the other day for winning with LSU. You guys are cousins. You guys both brought home the rings. That's pretty special. Have you all communicated yet? And what does it mean for you to know that both of you guys took it home? Um, yeah, she texted me after the game, said she was proud of me. Um, we both said we need to go home right we need to go home right away for the cookout. I know it's gonna be crazy. Uh the family, the whole family's gonna be there. Um man, it, it's truly amazing. Uh, I just remember just being in DC with her. Uh we were just kids, just dreaming about this moment and, and look at this now. I mean, two national championships and one family. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, hey is. Jordan, who yeah, wins at a game of horse between you and your cousin? <laughs> Mm, I will win. I'm a way better shooter than yeah, I knew that was coming. Uh, we're waiting for that. Jordan, congratulations. Congrats. Good sleep. for you. Good for you. By the way. Thank, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much. You just alluded to this. Yeah. I mean, UConn, you know, one of the blue bloods mm-hmm. of college basketball for mm-hmm. some time. 5-0 and in wow. national championship wow. games. Wow. Pretty crazy. Never lost. Uh, by the way, the aforementioned Dan Hurley, the head coach of that championship team, he's going to join us. In the third hour. Very cool. That'll be fun. Yeah. That's a He's smart. He's, there. He's like, I'll yeah. sleep in a little bit. Yeah. Then I'll smart. join you. Uh, also ahead here this morning, Harry Potter, the series on Popstar. What we are learning about a new chapter in the works for the beloved characters. But first, Houston, we have a crew. These are the four <laughs> astronauts now set for a historic mission, a return to the moon. And Tom Costello was there for the big reveal. Hi, Tom. Hi, guys. We are at Space Center Houston. A very big day for not only UConn, but NASA with the Artemis II crew announcement. You want to feel like an underachiever? Talk to these guys. I have the conversation. They're all great interviews coming up on today. We are back, 742 now, with our series, The New Space Race. Oh, the excitement real high at NASA this morning after introducing the four astronauts who will orbit the moon for the first time in more than 50 years. NBC's Tom Costello was there for the announcement, joins us now from Houston. Tom, good morning. I, this could be a group with household names. We know Neil Armstrong, yeah. you know, all that. We could do that again. I think you're right. Space enthusiasts already know all of these names very well. And Canada is very proud to call Jeremy Hansen one of their own. And if all goes as planned, these four will lift off for lunar orbit late next year. With most of the astronaut corps on stage, a mega NASA production to celebrate an upcoming return to the moon and the first astronauts who will head there. Mission Commander Reed Weissman, a Navy fighter pilot and the previous chief astronaut. Mission pilot Victor Glover, also a Navy fighter pilot, with 3,000 hours in 40 aircraft. Mission Specialist Christina Cook, an electrical engineer who set a record for a woman on the space station. 328 days. Am I excited? (laughs) Absolutely. And Colonel Jeremy Hansen, a Canadian fighter pilot and a national hero. We are going back to the moon! Hansen will become the first non-American to fly beyond Earth orbit and made a point of thanking America. All of Canada is grateful 
for that global mindset and that leadership. So thank you. We sat down with all four at the Johnson Space Center. We've met Victor Glover before. He spent 168 days on the station. What we're celebrating today is really a moment in history, not just the four names that got announced, but this is an, an amazing time for humanity. The last Apollo astronauts left the moon in 1972 before any of these crew members were born. Boosters in ignition. Last November, the first Artemis mission flew around the moon with no one on board. A successful test flight and splashdown. The Artemis II crew's 10-day mission will put humans back in lunar orbit for the first time in 50-plus years. We are the Artemis generation, and we are going back to the moon. Mission Commander Reed Weissman. Why? Why do we need to do this? Because we're humans. It's in our DNA. It's in our DNA. <laughs> if it all goes well, astronauts could land on the moon again sometime after 2025. I'm most looking forward to paving the way for the future, back to the moon, onto Mars. Together we will usher in a new era of exploration. Together we are going to the moon, to Mars, and beyond. We are going. That is the mantra these days. Listen, these four were celebrated not only in a big day at NASA. Then last night, they were at the NCAA uh, final game here in Houston, UConn and San Diego State. The entire crowd stood up, cheered on these four who will be going back to the moon late next year. Guys, I got to tell you, if you want to inspire your own kids for anything science or STEM related, astronaut related, look at the resumes of these four. All of them are very impressive individuals in what they've accomplished. Yeah. Back to you guys. It's wow. really cool. Hmm. Rock star. Love that they got the standing over. I know. That's, that's fantastic. All right. And you actually that's spent some time. That's right. We during the pandemic, we talked to Victor Glover. And in fact, he is a fellow Sigma uh, fraternity. Oh, oh. what's go. the secret handshake? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I tell you, it's not a secret. <laughs> anyway, let's take a look, show you what we got going on. And are you ready for some warm weather? Yes. Are you ready for some yes. warm weather? Yes. yes. All right. So take a look here. New York City today, 71 degrees. Yes. Okay, you're welcome. Cincinnati, near 80. St. Louis, 83. Memphis, 85. Denver, unfortunately, with you've got uh, some snow, 35, 24 degrees below average. Minneapolis, 39. That's 12 degrees below average. Tomorrow, Detroit, you're going to be in the low 70s. Louisville, 80. Nashville, the Nash, looking at 85 degrees. Boston, a little on the chilly side, 46. But Philly, 77 degrees. Then those temperatures come back to earth. Boston, you're th uh, on Thursday, you're 70. By Saturday, you're 51. D.C., Thursday, 83, down to 62 on Saturday. Nashville, you actually warm up. Thursday, you had to cool down to 59, but by Saturday, you're at 70 degrees. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Coming up on Popstar, guys, we are going to take a dive into some new takes on classic movies that we all know and love. And then Jenna's got her April Book Club uh, out. It's out. It's an author's debut novel. Do not miss it. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. 
Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.